Welcome back. Welcome back. Janet, hello. Hi. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to our holiday uh, episode, the 27-year review, recap, all that great stuff. Um, Want to say thank you first. New theme music again. This this is like a, a current like theme. Like now it's like every every podcast we're having something different. Yeah. Um, so I want to thank uh, Radio 104.5 uh, in Philly, our, our very own Jam and Jesse, for her band Daddy Lap, allowing us to use their music for the podcast. So thank you for that. They have a new EP out uh, that you should check out, and we'll talk about that at the end of the uh, podcast also. Uh, so welcome back. Uh, we always appreciate you stopping back in. Thank you for listening in to the My Music, My Concerts, My Life podcast, uh, the music blog that changes lives one band at a time. My name is Fran Chismar. I'm the founder, and I will be your host. And welcome back our co-host, Janet Steiner. Hi. Didn't I charge <laughs> you, like, last time to, like, shorten the name of the podcast? Like, didn't I give you that mission? Yeah, but, you know, I think I charged you with a mission, too, and I'm betting you didn't complete it. Oh. Yeah, one song. <laughs> yeah. One song. Yeah, I was supposed to listen to a song, <laughs> wasn't I? Wow, you couldn't remind me? Like, uh, I did. Like, before? Yeah, no, I like, on like the drive here, ago. I had, like, a 45-minute oh, drive. Oh, how many times am I supposed to remind you? Oh, I didn't listen to it. So, whatever. All right, well, I guess I can't fire you, because... Yeah. You're really not getting paid. I was and then I say, didn't, you don't pay. I didn't so do. I didn't do what you that. asked me to do either. So <laughs> that pretty much sucks. So, um, <laughs> so before we we get into everything, since I mentioned Jam and Jesse, and we had talked about this brief briefly uh, recently, that I feel pretty fortunate, and and maybe it's the day and age of social media, but I feel very fortunate with the DJs that we have in Philadelphia, especially mm -hmm. for alternative music. I don't really listen to other stations anymore. Um, it's it's my own music collection or it's Radio 104.5. Uh, but they're really friendly. Um, our friend Angela said they actually treat you like humans, mm -hmm. which is nice because that wasn't necessarily the case when we were kids. We Yeah, we have more access to them now. Um, you know, if, if you tweet at them or text the station they mm -hmm. generally respond I, I don't know so much about the other djs they do sometimes i don't i don't chat with them as much um yeah. but as a kid our only access to the djs were to call up um and try to make a request and for the most part they were jerks yeah on the phone when you called in and tried to make a request they weren't friendly like they were no. snobs no I think you also had a lot more call volume back then, though. You're right. You know what I yeah. mean? Whereas now you have so many different avenues that you can actually reach people. They can respond when they have a chance. Whereas before it was, okay, I'm calling in, I'm calling in, and it's next caller, next caller, next caller. And I, I think it was, I can't imagine dealing with that. And especially dealing with annoying, because remember, we were really annoying teenagers then. Yeah, too. Uh, you know, I was going to approach that. You know, like I, one of my negative experiences, and the guy's a legend in in our area was Mel Toxic Taylor uh -huh. um, on WPST at the time. He had worked a couple other different stations, but this was before. It was around 1989, 1990 when alternative music started to hit the mainstream and PST started to do a, a postmodern PST on Friday nights and you got to hear stuff that you never heard on the radio. Mm -hmm. Depeche Mode, The Cure, and Jesus and Mary Chain and all these 
And people finally started to learn how to pronounce the band name in excess. They stopped calling <laughs> <Yes>. them Inxus. <laughs> Inxus. Very true. <laughs> and, I mean, and that's a crossover band, you know. Yeah. So, uh-huh. but before they started doing that, they would do a top five at nine. And they would always, Mel would always sneak in one alternative song for the top five. So it really wasn't what someone was voting for. It was something that he wanted to get on the radio. Right. So I called in and... It was right before they were doing the top five at nine. And uh, for some reason, Q102, which is dance music, mm-hmm. it's it's pop dance music, played electronic, getting away with it, which makes no sense because that's yeah. Johnny Johnny Marr and Bernard Sumner. Yeah. And that's not a Q102 song, but they played yeah. it. So I called them like, hey, can you play Getting Away With It by Electronic? I just heard it on Q102. And he goes, all right, I'll see what I can do. And then he gets on the air like almost immediately after and plays the new Adam Ant song mm-hmm. and says, I can't play everything, butthead. <laughs> I was like, you yeah. dick. Yeah. What a dick. <laughs> you know, and you were saying maybe it wasn't me. Maybe it wasn't uh, maybe it You know, wasn't. maybe I didn't sound as innocent as I'm sounding now. Like, please, sir, can you play electronic? <laughs> I I mean, can I have some more? Like, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they... I didn't come off like that. I know I didn't come off like that. But like You got that's... kicked out of the orphanage on yeah, that one. Yeah, so but that was that was you know, and then every time he came off the on the radio from that point after, it was like, what a dick. And I, I actually well, got into an argument with Scott Lowe on the go at one point. Scott Lowe. Uh, on, on the, the go, go. <laughs> over a Jerry Harrison trivia thing and we oh. argued and he actually put it on the air which oh is God. which made me look like a jerk yeah. you know but you know that was our relationship well, with I had a different Mel Toxic story because Mel Toxic was the one that called and told me I was going backstage to meet Morrissey so yeah you know, that was a wildly positive experience yeah that's a different me. experience i would rather have that experience yeah, it was, it was <laughs> and it, pretty epic. It, it's kind of like the reverse imagine dragons effect yeah yeah pretty yeah. much my my experience i'll take morrissey sucked. i'll take I'll, I'll take the morrissey experience and, and skip the imagine dragons yeah it, when i lived okay when i lived in delaware i used to listen to a station called 98 rock out of baltimore it's 97.9 and they played like, this is back in the 90s, so they weren't just playing the run-in-the-mill grunge. Like, mm-hmm. they were playing Therapy and the Wild Hearts, Danzig. Like, they were playing, mm-hmm. like, rock music, but, like, stuff that you didn't hear. It was a great station. So they did a make it or break it at 9 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And everyone would call, and the guy would put them on the air live, but no one ever voted make it or break it. Or if they did, they just used it as a lead-in to say, your mom. So everyone would call in every night for 15 minutes. He'd be like, hey, that was the new song by Danzig, Make It or Break It. They're like, you know, I kind of liked it, but your mom. And then they would hang up. <laughs> so it was a whole night of people just saying your mom. And then he would get like, I have your telephone number. I'm going to announce it on the air. And the next person was like, oh, that last caller was a jerk. I can't believe they did that. But I'm going to say your mom. <laughs> you know, and it just... And I, it, was, awesome. it was the most entertaining and the it's DJ like a collective agreement the, with everyone we are all calling everyone called there was never a make it or break it it was just your mom and I, he either quit or got fired but right. like this went on for like a month where I listened religiously and then just one day he was gone and oh. I was like oh, this 
sucks. That's the worst. But that was, and maybe that's why it's different, or maybe that's why DJs, you know, when when we were 18 and 19, we used to call PST for Heffel's Deli when he would take requests at lunch. Uh-huh. And we would prank him. And, like, I would call up and say, uh, it's my one-year wedding anniversary. I want to dedicate a song to my wife. And they're like, sure, what do you want to play? The Breakup Song by Greg Kinn. You know, like, stuff like that. Or we would act like we were drunk and ask for I want to be sedated by the Ramones. So they, that's what they kind of had to deal with. We were, yeah. uh, well, You're I should say we. I was an idiot. Yeah. So maybe that's why my experience was like that. But I could still be an idiot. But in this day and age, Jesse and Amber, especially, I think are very, you know, they want your feedback. They're fan they, friendly. They're fan friendly. They they want to know what the fans think of the music mm-hmm. or what they think of this. And, and they'll have conversations with you, which I think is pretty awesome. And that's a, that's got to be a tough position to be in because you're, you're a public figure yeah. at that point. Maybe not nationally, but locally. And I imagine they get a lot of, you got to filter through the weirdos. You know what I mean? Because when you're in someone's car or home or whatever all the time, things start to feel like they know you. But it's a one-sided relationship. You know what I mean? So as the the person who's, you know, the one on the microphone, you get these people and they start talking to you like, you know, like you're their neighbor. That's got to be a little on the weird side. And I actually said that to Jesse. I actually said, because she was saying like sometimes, you know, some people can be a little... Much. Much. And I was like, that's my concern sometimes because I talk to you guys like I would talk to you, Janet. You know, like I don't think of them any different. Right. Um, And then I'm like, I must come off as creepy sometimes. And she's like, no, you don't, which is probably saying, yeah, you do. Yeah, you (laughs) do. Yeah, you do. But everyone does, you know. Not too creepy. Until you get to know someone. Yeah. yeah, I'd say anyone has the ability to, to appear creepy or be creepy. So it's, yeah. you know, which is very sure. difficult. I'm, I would sure it's even worse for them being females. Definitely. You know, and, and following them on Instagram and Twitter, I see some of the posts that people make. And even I looked at, at some of them and go, ooh, that's creepy. Yeah. You know, and it's tough, but they're very gracious about it, yeah. which has got to be a very tough position you to be in. Because, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to end up pissing somebody off. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, you know, it is your, I guess it's your job to maintain that relationship. Especially, you know, there are so many more options now for where you get your music yeah. than there were when, when we were kids. I you know, agree. Because it was. It was the radio or it was college radio. And, you know, we had to really hunt for stuff. And now, you know, I think I think that... It's, it, maybe it's not so much just radio station cranking out music. They're making it more experiential. Yeah, and, you know, and it, we did. We we would have to make pilgrimages. Like if we would hear, like, you'd be in a club and you'd hear, like, some weird B-side dance remix. Yeah, and you'd, you'd have, you'd have, have to go to DJ, New York. Or you'd be at the DJ booth. Yeah, what go, is this? Yeah, can you write it down for me? Like, yeah, that's how yeah. I heard Nine Inch Nails. And yeah. they would play it on Trenton State Radio, which had such a poor signal that... I only got it in certain parts of Levittown. Like, we yeah. would drive somewhere to listen to that station. You had to hold your antenna yeah. you know, in a certain way. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm getting an arm cramp, but the song is so great. You know, so, you know, and radio has definitely changed. Like, I wonder um, if, if radio is still 
you know, I'm sure radio probably does better than most other medias. Like, I would say newspapers a dying media. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if radio is really a dying media. Radio's changed. I also wonder what it's like from market to market. Because I think, I think in the Philly market, people are, have a, a certain level of affection. For, for some of those long time. I mean, look at Pierre Robert. People adore Over 30 that man. years. Man, he's, he's uh, you know, he has and helped so many. he's so chill and yeah. so friendly. You know, and he's helped so many bands. Mm-hmm. And he's, I I shared my Pierre Robert story with you, mm-hmm. um, but not everyone else here. So there was a Philly band called The A's back in the late 70s, early 80s. And they had like one minor hit called Woman's Got the Power. Um, but they were a huge hit in Philadelphia at the same time like Robert Hazard was. And it didn't really translate outside of Philadelphia, but it may have been they didn't necessarily have the record company support outside of mm-hmm. outside of Philadelphia. But they reunited about five or six years ago, and, and I went to see them, and I was trying to get all of their autographs, and I had gotten all of them but the lead guitarist. And he played, uh, Rick DeFazio had played in uh, Roger Waters touring production of the wall you know so he's kind of accomplished so a lot of people were trying to get him but i i had they made everyone leave and i snuck back in and then went backstage so i wasn't where i was supposed to be either so right but i'm waiting and i'm waiting and i was just about to give up and someone grabbed me from behind and went i'll help you and i didn't even really look to see who it was and i walked over and it was pierre robert he's like rick this guy's a big fan and he's been waiting to get your autograph. Can you please stop what you're doing for a second? And He's sign? like a kindly wizard. Yeah, and, and Rick's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And I was like, wow, Pierre Robert, thank you. You know, yeah. and it was like. He's like, you're Santa. He is like Santa. He's so awesome. And it was just, it was just like one of the coolest things. And uh, when Angela, Angela and I just went to see um, Imagine Dragons, as we were leaving, he was just standing in the concourse checking his phone and people are just walking by going, hey, Pierre. Like no one was really. Yeah. It's, it's just like, hey, Pierre, hey, it's good to see you. You know, rock on, man, you're great. Yeah. And it was, it was just, like, such an awesome, but he really is, in Philadelphia, like, beloved. Yeah, like, yeah. So it's, yeah, I, I would imagine from market to market it changes. I think probably big city markets, mm-hmm. you have bigger listenership, and, and it's a little bit different. But I think 104.5 also really tries to champion the local artists Mm -hmm. too and they try to be their marketing arm and and get you know every friday they have a local band play for an hour in studio wendy Wendy rollins started that wendy rollins started and she's great um even though she's in atlanta now she Mm -hmm. still does weekends Mm -hmm. and um you know but they they do that which is great and this this whole month of december they were playing cover songs of Radio 104.5 artists being covered by Philly artists mm-hmm. from those studio sessions. So it's and some I, of them sounded better than. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the name of the band, but she does a cover of uh, Gorillas. Oh. Yeah, it's something like Punk Hands or something like that is the name, but it's just her. Oh, it's awesome. I heard a lot of covers of the Killers. I felt like. It was getting a lot of airplay. I was like, okay. I didn't like this song the first time around. And you know what? It's it's two things. It was it's the when we were young song. Okay. Yeah. Which I like As, that song. No, and see I can't stand it. I like that because song. Because you didn't play guitar hero, that's why. You're right. That's a guitar hero song. <laughs> um he I forget. Oh, the second he starts, the second you bring Jesus into the song, I'm out. I'm out. He doesn't look a thing like Jesus. I'm done. 
That's all I got. But maybe he meant that in a good way. And then he says, you can dip your feet every once and a little while. Well, listen, they don't have the best lyrics. No. They, they once really Once in a while. Not once and right, a while. You can't play grammar police to the no, killers. No, I can't. It bothers me. No, you that can't. That bothers me. That's, uh, that's an egregious offense. I can play All right, I will police. allow that only because I still get upset with Brian Adams over summer 69 because he wasn't old enough to do the things he said he did in that song i didn't ever see that as autobiographical i think he pulled tried to pull it off i felt like it was just like okay you know what here's a cool song he's a fucking liar <laughs> pretty much <laughs> pretty much all right he's so a scam. <laughs> he's a scam all right there it is <laughs> all right so what's new uh it, it's actually been two months since we've done a podcast I didn't realize it was mid-October was the last podcast that we did. So, but there's, you know, it's that time of the year where it's, it's busy and we all have a lot of personal stuff going on. But since our last podcast, I was on the radio. I was actually on Radio 104.5. They have a, uh, a thing called My Finest Hour where they have listeners do an hour every Monday night at 11 o'clock at night. So it's safe. So if you're when really bad, sleeping. so no one's going to listen to it. <laughs> but, then, but they let you do four breaks and it was... I thought mine turned out really well. Yeah. Like I was really ha- – actually, Jesse came on air with me, and we kind of talked together, which was very fun for me. Mm-hmm. So I felt like a DJ. Like I actually felt like – Got to sit behind the I big microphone. I got to microphone. sit behind the microphone. Woo! I was all cool for an hour. <laughs> so so that's new. Um, at the last podcast, we announced I was going to start writing for I-99, and since mm-hmm. then I've written seven pieces nice. for them, which have been very well received. Uh, with my latest being the review of Morrissey's of the Morrissey concert can- cancellation <laughs> in Philadelphia, <laughs> uh, and we'll get to that more. And actually, um, I don't know if you know this. January first will be the four-year anniversary of my music, my concerts, my life. Nice. And it's been, you know, on a personal note, I started that at a time. It was January first, uh, twenty fourteen. And part of it started because I was starting to see a lot of concerts again, and I was telling friends of some of my concert experiences. I could tell a pretty good story. Yeah. And they were like, you should write this down. So I really just started writing for me, mm-hmm. and it was bad. Like, there were bright spots, but it was yeah. bad. You know, I it probably was off the cuff. I it probably was more conversational. 30, yeah, I probably wrote 30 articles the first month. Like yeah. I just, once it started, but I didn't edit, you know, but it was more, I was, I was just starting to go through my divorce at that time. Like mm-hmm. it was just where I was moving out. So it was, there was a lot of stuff in my life and it was therapeutic at yeah. that time. So, and this helped get me through a lot of stuff in the last four years too. I've always had that to lean on. So it's, even though I haven't posted much on, I don't think I've posted anything on the blog since June because I've been doing I-99. Mm-hmm. I 99. You know, I'm still proud that it's still there because I know at one point I wanted to call it quits and you wouldn't let me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, I wrote my so last, gonna, yeah. I wrote my, my last, your swan song. Yeah, I wrote my swan song <laughs> and Janet like, talked me out of it. Yet. So um, I'm glad I didn't. Um, I will have another post coming out this week, but I, we'll talk about that more in a little bit. So, that's what's new since the last time. Um, and Janet and I have seen some concerts since the last podcast. So I, I totaled it up. I've seen 22 concerts this year, which is the most concerts I've ever seen in a year. Wow. 
and those 22 shows consisted of 52 different artists with two artists that I've seen twice. So the concerts that we saw, I'll kind of just do one at a time, Low Moon. So if the listeners, if you have not listened to Low Moon, they don't have an album out. So and you can't, so you there. You can't, but <laughs> they, they do have three singles. So for those of you who haven't yeah, listened to Low like, Moon, and, and the first single came out over a year ago. Yeah. It came out October of 2016. So in that time, they still haven't put out an album. Uh, hashtag wear album. Wear album, hashtag. <laughs> uh, so they... they have been touring in support of artists they just finished with war on drugs and they were touring with a lot of other people in in the uk so they finally they set up a three three city headlining showcase where it was it was going to be them and it was new york la and philadelphia so we're fortunate janet and i have friends that manage low moon who turned us on to low moon uh, in the first place but the song that we love is Loveless, and there's a seven-minute version of it. Um, and as as what came out in the concert, fuck the edit. Yeah. Someone said, they said they were going to play Loveless, and the crowd said, don't play the edit. And they're like, we don't even know how to play the edit. <laughs> like, we don't even know how the edit goes. Because it was cut in half, I guess, to try to get like, airplay. Yeah, because that, that's more of a single length. It, it, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, but that song's a journey. Oh, and yeah. it's 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 beautiful. But it's and I don't also know. not radio friendly. No, it's not. You know, when you're when you have advertisers that you've got to answer to and that's why they get play on XPN probably. Yeah. But and, it's a I mean? perfect outlet. And yeah. and XPN champions Low Moon. They've mm-hmm. had them in for a showcase. But we got to see them at the Boot and Saddle in South Philly. Which, AKA the compactor from Star Wars. It really is. It's the compactor <laughs> from Star Wars. You know, and you guys weren't seeing it. Like, we were standing at the front of the stage, and it was Janet and our friend Ed. And Ed actually won tickets from the band that mm-hmm. day um, on Twitter. And I was turning around to talk to you guys. So you were looking at the stage, and I was turning around. And the room is this old back room in, in like, a South Philly row home. And it's got tiled walls and tiled ceiling. There was only one ceiling fan light. And they actually closed the door. And there's no windows. And yeah. there's no light. And it looks like those walls. Every time I turn around to talk to you guys, I'm like, wow, these walls are clo- I'm not claustrophobic. <laughs> and I, yeah, I'm like, like, I'm looking for these. Like, we were by the, the exit door. I'm like, I need to stay by the. There's got to be an escape route. Like, I need to get out of here. Well, and the funniest part was, like, where the band would exit to. Um, looked like it might have been like, outside. <laughs> a six by eight, like hallway. It was a hallway. <laughs> like they, when they left the stage, they stood in a hallway. Yeah. Like okay, we're gonna wait here until enough time has passed for us to come out and do our encore. <laughs> but it's you know it's a great sounding venue. Oh yeah. Um, it's it's run it by cool. Sean Agnew and R Five, and there's a restaurant and a bar up front, mm-hmm. it, and it's a, it's an awesome place to see a show. So. But it is. It it seems like. You know, you go into that back room into the slaughter room. Yeah. (laughs) And it becomes Sweeney Todd, and this is where they kill everyone to make the burgers for... Yeah. For the for the restaurant, yeah. <laughs> You're so human pretty much. <laughs> so we were concerned, knowing how much we love Low Moon, that we didn't know what the rest of the stuff. They announced on Twitter that they they were going to play most of, if not all, of the new album. Um, we didn't know how many songs that consisted of. Would it be good? I I don't know. Right. So we were excited to go, and 
the opening act. <laughs> so what a gem. All right. So the opening act, <laughs> the band name is Shape King. And well, it's Is it a band name? No, it's though? just one guy. It's a guy. He's the Shape King. He's the Shape King. And he wore a shirt that Ed said looked like the theme to Save by the Bell. Yes, <laughs> like the, the opening back credits. the opening credit theme. <laughs> And he kind of had the look of, I don't even know, like Klinger from MASH. Not that any of our listeners would know who that is. I don't even know who that is, so uh, I like, didn't watch that show. But just like, he looked really nerdy, and he had like a synthesizer. It was glorious. And his set list. It was on four by five cards. No, and, they were wait, ripped up rough, pieces of paper. And, but the writing on it was, <laughs> it was illegible. Like, it was like it was noble like, paper. It was like if I had, if I had, like, my kids when they were, like, one and gave a pen and said, write your name. Yeah. Like, that's what each piece of paper looked like. Yep. And he would just, like, toss it to the next one. But he had, like, he was using, like, Casio keyboard beats. It was glorious. But the one song was Bushwick Bitch. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> and you know what? You couldn't help but to like it. Like, at first, like, he when started he singing out, and we I all was looked... like, it's Ross Geller. It's <laughs> yeah. Ross Geller playing Phoebe's set at Central Park. Everything about it was Ross Geller. I'm like, oh. It really was. What is happening? And we, we were all looking at each other like, oh, no. And then we loved it. Like, I know. three songs in, we're like, because, yeah, that's awesome. And that's, and that's, like, when you go in and you just sell it, and you don't look back, and you don't second guess it. He like, sold it. Oh, did he ever? Because he had the crowd eating out of his hand, and it was complete mayhem. Like, you're listening to this, like, this music, this, these sounds, they don't even make sense. No. None of it, none of it made sense. But it was Perfect. And he doesn't have a social media presence. He's got less Twitter followers he's, than I do. He's an enigma. Yeah, like he's just like his website <laughs> he's is the like shape king. His, his website is Homer Simpson's website when it had the dancing babies and the mm-hmm. flying toasters. Like his website is AOL nineteen ninety five. Like, and it doesn't even. But he's you royalty. Don't, so. But you don't even know if he's playing music or selling office furniture. When, I know. I was like, really the confused website, about that. But it's There's a desk involved. Like it's got that like graphics, that nineties graphics that makes you think like you've done asset. Like it's like Or that you found this website by mistake and it's not even active anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it you know, but the whole thing is brilliant. And actually Ed tweeted to them and said, How do you guys know Shape King? And they were like, he's friends of ours. So, like, they know him from... They were originally from New York before they went to L.A. Oh, so, uh, okay. So, yeah, I, I think they know... He's, he's, he's from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. He's Brooklyn. A lot of fun bands and stuff coming out of Brooklyn these days. But he was a lot of fun, and I would yeah. see him again. And I, we were all surprised when he said he had played Philly before. Like, someone had him open at the Union Transfer. Yeah. Like, that's a big venue for that him. It's a big venue. So, like, I think... I think Boot and Saddle was his, his size venue. Yes. Like, I would, I would like go see to him see again. Shape King open a block party. Oh, that would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that would go over. It would uh, depend on how much alcohol consumption had taken place. Yeah. See, I don't think that's an open like not enough at that point for an opener at a block party. 
but Tina. it would be pretty interesting. Uh, I would love to see that. All right, so he went on, and then Low Moon came out. Yeah. And, I mean, it was brilliant. I don't know. They awesome. played ten songs, and they didn't even know all the lyrics mm-hmm. for their songs. They had handwritten lyrics on the floor um, as reminders, and... I got a look from you and Ed because I took a set sheet off the stage mid concert. <laughs> but there were multiple. Like I knew there you don't I could, need this copy. Like it's there was cool. another copy underneath. So I knew that I knew that I could take one and not have it mess them up. Yeah. You know, but the the music was incredible and the cra- everyone that was there knew who they were and they were into it. Yeah. Um, and at one point, like someone had written on Snapchat where like they wanted to know where the album was but they just wrote where album yeah because that was all that fit on the phone or whatever and he's he's they were holding up the phone to the band and that cracked them up and they're like let me have your phone they're like where album this This is the entire audience (laughs) so they're like we want to start you know the hashtag where album you know and then it was like like even on social media the day after or like after the album drops is it hashtag here album yeah. you know like <laughs> just drop the w you know cool. they were laughing and then the whole the edit you know fuck the yeah. hashtag fuck the edit so they were a lot of fun and it was it really was when i left i was just i was just happy i don't yeah. know how else it like i was really prepared to be let down and i wasn't like yeah. they sounded great live, they were tight because "Loveless" I don't think is an easy song to play live. Well, and and the album was cohesive as well. It it you know was. What I mean, like every song kind of like led into the next one. So you know, it's almost what you expect once you hear that seven and a half minute long song. It was a tough single to follow up from because yeah. it's so good but th- yeah the, the album has one flowing sound yeah. theme to but it but it doesn't get boring and it doesn't sound too soundtracky or anything no. like that you know I, no. I, I'm I'm very excited for them I, I hope that they take off because they I definitely deserve it and, and there's a lot of I don't know it's just so atmospheric you know it, it really is it's very mood setting mm-hmm. in a good way like sometimes mood setting music for me is background music and but I mean this in a good way. Like I could put it on, like you know, I it's it's tough to make this comparison, but I could be in the same mood to listen to that album as I would be to listen to like Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Like that has mm-hmm. a definite feel through right. it. And I, it's very a similar, not aesthetic. It's but very it dreamlike. It's, it's very dreamlike. But after the show, we we were the only ones that waited for them to come out of the yeah, hallway. Everyone bolted. <laughs> like, they were claustrophobic. Yeah, but, probably. But they came out and they were really gracious yeah, and introduced yeah. themselves to us and they wanted to talk to us. Yeah. So which was which was really nice. And they so, loved Dawn. Yes, they loved <laughs> you know, our our friend Dawn, whenever it's one of her bands or her husband's oh, bands, they're like Dawn! Oh, Dawn! <laughs> Everyone loves Dawn. So we love Dawn too. So that was really nice. So we saw Low Moon, uh, Janet won tickets to Silver Sun Pickups. Um, that was a really good show. It was a really good show, and also I have a stalker who also won tickets, so <laughs> it was there was a whole debate leading up to it. If the stalker got the tickets, is she going to be sitting near us? Should I go? Shouldn't I go? You're such a drama queen. I am a drama queen. <laughs> you know what? But... <laughs> 
let her stalk you and see. I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I went. The stalker did not. Silver Sun Pickups, who I love. I love Carnivus more than I've liked their later stuff, but mm -hmm. I love them. They rocked a lot harder than I expected yeah. them to rock. They yeah. really rocked. I was not crazy about the band ahead of oh, them. Though. Minus the bear, but that's, uh, they that's, just went on too long. It's proggy, like jazz. Pro but I like them not live. I'd rather listen to one of their albums yeah. than than watch them live, honestly. Yeah. But minus the bear has a big following. <laughs> like they headline. I was getting texts from my daughter going. <laughs> Yeah, they need to go now. Okay, we're done. <laughs> they did play way too long. We're full. Yeah, Enough. we're full. <laughs> you know, but, now. but Silver Sun Pickups really, um, man, I just, like, they rocked it a lot harder live than the recording. Dude, the drummer. Yeah. Was like animal. He really I was like it. animal. He really was, and it's the... Uh, he must be exhausted at the ends of their shows because that guy's just going yeah, ape shit yeah. on the drums. And Brian had a broken arm. Like, he had his oh arm. Oh, my God, yeah, because yeah. he fell off the stage. He fell off the stage and like a week before. he had the flu or something? The, he, oh, my God. Up, when he got his arm set, he said that as he was leaving, they're like, you know, the flu's going around. We should give you a flu shot before you leave. So he's like, all right. And then he ended up getting the flu extremely really, really bad. bad. So and he's he like, I'm broke not his arm. saying this for sympathy, but <laughs> but even still, they rock really yeah, hard. Broken arm. Yeah, it was awesome, and you could see like in between songs, he was talking and rubbing his arm, like yeah. he he was in pain. That could not have felt good. Yeah. No, but they, I was really happy with that show. That's that's a concert. I'm glad I got to see. Yeah. It was at the Fillmore, which is a great venue to see a band. Mm -hmm. um, and the, I just wish I didn't have the backup singer sitting next to me. Yeah. Her, I could have done with that. <laughs> I was yeah. like, her voice is super annoying. Yeah, it wasn't good. Why does she know every song? It wasn't. It wasn't good. No. No, it was really. It was laughable. Like, oh. but hey, more power to her. They yeah, didn't stop her from. She was having from, a good time. She had a great it just time. Just was right in my ear. <laughs> kind of wished it wasn't, but there it is. So the the other concert we have that never happened was Morrissey, and the space uh, is not surprised. Yeah, but you have seen Morrissey. I have seen Morrissey. I have a seventy five percent success rate now with Morrissey. I have a zero. This would have been my first time, yep. and it didn't it didn't happen. And I'm disappointed because I think as he gets older, there's less and less of an opportunity for me to see him. Like I missed. I think he'll come back though. I mean that's happened before where and, and apparently I mean it. It was it he was cancels an illness. a lot. It was yeah. an illness in the band, and it must have been a pretty significant illness because they canceled the the, the end of their tour. Basically, yeah, they and, canceled several. And shows. the next night they were playing Colbert, so I'm sure they wanted to be good did for they, live they, TV. Did they? Did they, did they, did they did play. play? Okay. Yeah, they did play, and they played New York. Because yeah, well, they played New York before Philly. Okay. That was on the Saturday, I think, mm. okay. and then they they were supposed to play Philly Monday night. And Which then, didn't happen. You know, but I'm, I, I'm at least appreciative that they gave us enough notice that I didn't have to drive all the way down there. And that's what I said in the very beginning. Like, I don't mind if he cancels. I don't want to drive all the way down there, park, and wait then, yeah. for two hours in line, and then find out that it's canceled. It was just before you, it was four hours before the show was yeah, supposed it was to go literally, on. Or the we door, were, the doors were supposed to open. We were, we were getting ready to go, and, um, 
And then you called and said, yeah. so... They, I just canceled. saw it on Twitter at the time. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for, just kidding! Ha -ha. No, but no, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> it did inspire me, though, to write a good piece on his cancellation, which is more... Not my relationship with Morrissey, but just what it meant to me. Mm -hmm. You know, he has a lot of fans of current fans or younger fans, but I was a teenager when the Smiths hit. Like, right. that was my high school years, yep. like, 80, 84 through 88, mm -hmm. basically. So, like, the years of the Smiths were my high school years. So they were one of the bands I really related to. And then his early solo stuff I, I, I really related to, too. So it, it let me kind of share that right. uh, piece of myself in the article. And if you haven't read it, it's on I-99's website. It's the most recent article published. So you can go to the website and see it there. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of sad. I'm kind of sad. Hopefully there will come another chance. Yeah, to... and, and I think, um, uh, you know, the album is okay. It's, yeah, it's okay. It has bright spots and yeah. moments I don't care for. And, there, and, and that's every Morrissey album, to be honest, with the exception of You Are the Quarry. You Are the Quarry. And, and you know, even, honestly, even back in the day, like, you know, Bona Drag and, and Viva Hate, you know, they had some snoozers. Yeah, they Bona Drag mostly, is a collection of, yeah. like, news, the singles, the singles and the best right. stuff from... Mm -hmm. So that's kind of cheating a little bit. Right, but, right. But but You Are the Quarry is, is just a stellar, stellar piece of work. And... I was really glad I got to see him on that tour, and that was the first time he start. I saw him start to play the Smiths. Okay. Because when I saw him back in '91, it was just all it solo. was. It was the Kill Uncle um, tour, so it was Viva Hate, Kill Uncle, Bonna Drag, all that stuff, and it was fantastic. I mean, we knew every single song that he sang. Um, it was an amazing show. But then in in 2004, again at the Tower Theater. You know, it was definitely a more mature Morrissey. Mm -hmm. He was very much a showman. He was he was very um, um, I, I don't know, like he was very polished on that show. And uh, and then you know, I took Raven to see him last fall, and you know, again, just a really great show. A little more angsty. You know, this was the one where he decided he was going to, you know, show um, animal slaughter videos and sing Meat is Murder, which, yeah. you know, I know it's an iconic Smith song. I hate it. I don't yeah. like that song. I'm not a fan of that song. And you know what? I appreciate the message behind it, but I don't want to be so blasted dour. with that. I know. And I realize, yes, it's we're talking about, you know, slaughtering animals and, and you know, and all that stuff, but like... Just from a song perspective, I just don't like it. You yeah. know, it's not a good song. Yeah, I'm just, you know, as we get older and our hearers get older, I find myself going back and trying to see all the bands that are still somewhat intact mm -hmm. that I passed up or missed out on when I was younger. Like you saw the Ramones. I never got to see the Ramones. Because at the time that they were touring at that point, I'm like, I felt they were a joke at that point. You know, and then you look back and you, you're a little bit older and you have a different perspective and you're like, oh man, there was some great stuff. I it miss, was, yeah, it was crazy. You know, and Devo and things like that. And it's, you know, so I've been going back, especially like the last four or five years, and I saw The Damned and I saw Echo and the Bunnymen and all these bands that, the Dickies, yeah. that, that 
I missed out when I was younger, and they're still around. You want to see them. Uh-huh. Get the opportunity to see them. Like, the Buzzcocks keep playing. Like, I want to see the Buzzcocks. It's, right. I don't want to miss out on some of these, and I just kind of feel like Morris, he's one that could and, get and to the he'll point. he'll be back. He'll be back. I, my thing was, you know, I, I was excited about the idea of him being at the Fillmore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there are no seats. So you can get so close you to the can stage. Get, you can get close to the stage, and and yeah. I wanted I wanted Raven to have that experience because I had that experience. We went and bought front row tickets, in you know back in '91. So you know I had my Union Jack, and the bastard took it from me, <laughs> and I never got it back. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it was just really cool to be that close to the stage and be able to make eye contact, and you know, and all. That Which is stuff. what I think. With Philly, especially a lot of the new, even the tower takes the seats out now yeah, in the not, front. Not when. Uh, no, but it's something they do now. So it's, I, I like that experience a little bit better, and it's you know every now and then you have to deal with some crazy fans and I know I can be you know as I get older I find I get there early I try to get a good spot mm-hmm. and I forget what it was like to be young and then a lot of the younger generation shows up late and just feels that they deserve that, yeah. that spot like they love the band they don't care who was there first or what right. you did they just they feel they love them more than you so they deserve your spot more than you do mm-hmm. and they just try to take it so right. It, it, it turns off to be like mom and dad versus the teenager, <laughs> you know, at the at the front of the stage. But but you're also there taking pictures and all that kind I, of stuff. I right? am, yeah. You know, you so. know I'm obviously there because I want to be there, right. you know, and it's, I'm trying to take photos and things like that. But yeah, unfortunately, not every venue sets up a, a photo pit when you have mm-hmm. a photo pass. Union Transfer does and doesn't, depending on the artist. So... You know, I like having the photo pit opportunity to get some good picks. Sure. Um, you know, but, all right, so shows that we didn't see together. Um, I saw Joy Wave with Rob and Angela, mm-hmm. and that was one where Rob and I had this woman that, seriously, she got there right after us. She could have stood to the left or right of us, but mm-hmm. she decided to stand behind us. And she would lead, like when she was on her phone, she was pressing her phone in our backs, and she was reaching between us and over us to yell at the band and she was screaming in our ears but it was one where everyone gave each other like a foot of space like you had a foot in front behind she did not acknowledge anyone's personal space but she could have easily just moved like she stood behind me instead of to the left of me or to the right of me like we were second and she came in and was third instead of being to the left or right, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. And she drove Rob and I crazy for three quarters of the show. So. Oh no. Yeah, it was. It, it no, was, that was the one where they were playing really bizarre. Oh, Joy Wave. Right? So the the music before the bands went on, they were playing just the vocals of songs, but they would speed some of them up and slow some of them down. <laughs> so they were playing System of a Down. And slowing it down, but just the vocals. And then they were playing Wonderwall by Oasis and Fat Lip by Sum 21 (laughs) over top of each other. Like, and then they would play Running with the Devil by Van Halen, but sped up. It was like so weird and awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Could you have, like, imagine 
walking to South Street into like Skins or Zipperhead and have them playing that. Like, yeah, for sure. Like instead of like the Cramps or yep. Jesus and Mary Chain, like playing like something like just the vocals of something slowed down. I can't remember what other. But it was awesome. I don't even know. It was weird and awesome. Because it was songs that you knew and you were singing along. Mm-hmm. And there was one that there would be long pauses. And you'd think that the next song was coming on. And it was just like a vocal pause. And then if you like, if you knew the song enough, you could kick in with them. Oh, so funny. everyone was trying to sing along. It was a lot of fun. But awesome. Joy Wave was awesome live. They put, they're weird. And they put on one hell of a show. And he was saying that what I found really entertaining was they're from Rochester and they were saying, you know, Philly's like the fifth largest market and it's our worst market. Like we have Mm -hmm. no luck in Philly. And they're like, are we not relatable? He's like, when I was a kid, my favorite football player was Randall Cunningham. And I had a Randall Cunningham puzzle and I would put it together all the time. And he goes, and we know like the Constitution Center. And we know who Ben Franklin is. They're like name dropping at this point. Yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> we eat cheesesteaks. They're like, was Eric Lindros, was, was he on the Eagles? Oh, <laughs> no. It yeah. was a flop, you know. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. okay, next song. But they were, they were, they're like, it's your mission to share, you know, to spread the word that we're relatable. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they're so not relatable, you know. But, right. but they were just very energetic. And uh, when they went, off stage for the encore, the keyboard player stayed on stage and just played music. Oh, cool. Like, he was just like, like we weren't there. Yeah. He just stared over our heads like, and I'm played. Good. And the band came out and they're like, dude, didn't you come out? Like, we were taking a break for the encore. Like, no, I don't care. No, no, <laughs> I just played. So they were really good. I saw Magic Giant mm-hmm. with Angela and Rob, which that was, you know, they played the... Endless Summer Radio 104.5 show. They opened up for a lot of great bands right. for that. Um, I'm trying to think who was at that show. Uh, New Politics yes. was at that one. They they had a lot of really good bands there, and they were the opening act. And a lot I didn't see it, but a lot of our friends were at that show and came back and were like, dude, Magic Giant was the best. So I tried listening to the album, and I really wasn't – it didn't do anything for me. Right. And then I saw them live, and that's one of my favorite. That made my top ten this yeah. year. You know, it changed my whole experience because they had a very organic approach, and it didn't come off as trite or manufactured. Like it was, they were just like really good people. Like everyone, when you leave the show, they they stand by the door and they give everyone a hug. You know, when you leave, and that's not going to happen forever with no, this band. No. Eventually. <laughs> And I didn't realize he, the lead singer, started his career. He was writing music for for pop artists, oh, so cool. he has like a history of writing hit songs. Nice. And the kind of music they play is nothing like the kind of music that he was writing for other people. Uh, but they're really good. They they have a multi instrumentalist who was hit by a car in junior high and went to a coma, and came out of the coma and he had auto savant. Is that? Yeah. Auto Savant, where he learned to play the violin in four days, right. like after he came out of the coma. Like, and it was just, he plays like he is being haunted by the violin. <laughs> like, That's it's funny. Like, he's yeah, running from yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's amazing to watch him play all these instruments, but it's just so sincere that it makes the album that much better. 
you know, and I see what they mean. Like I looked around like after the show and was just like, did you see that? <laughs> like, did you, did and everyone was kind of looking at each other the same way? Like if you had never seen them before, like there were people there that followed them from city to city. Right. And then the people like me who hadn't seen them were just looking around like, did you, did what you, what? did you see that? Is that for <laughs> like, real? Yeah. So it was, that was a great uh, experience. Cool. And then the last show I saw that you weren't there was Imagine Dragons. So I wanted to bring this up because we discussed this. And We've discussed this on had, many podcasts. Yes, that you and I had very significantly different experiences. That I had seen them twice and had two incredible experiences. Janet saw and them I once. I saw them and once, a... and I will never see them again. So they played the Wells Fargo Center, which is the the stadium where the Flyers yeah. and the Sixers play. It's a big venue, and and they, that's where they, they had played when I saw them. K. Flay uh, opened up, and Group Love and Group Love were great. Love them. Uh, they played a great set, and then. Imagine Dragons came out and they were they were horrible. They were they were absolute. I hate to say it. Well, you know, you had said that I think Jesse was there to do an interview, yeah. but they didn't interview him. He was supposed to be there, but she didn't get to interview Dan. It was the rest of the band. Right, right. And and when you said that, I was like, so yeah, like because I mean, he does suffer from depression. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking was, oh, okay, well if. If she didn't get to interview him, he may he, not be having a good night. Yeah, and you know, it's so he came out and after the first song, like he started talking about depression. Like That's it started did, off, yeah. like the tone was really, Somber. you know, I appreciate, I, I think depression, and you and I have talked about this, and I've written about this. Depression is something that needs to be talked mm-hmm. about. And it's, it's really the only way to help cure it, right? Is to make, make an awareness to it. And, and you, and, and you. If you suffer from it, you need to be able to talk about it. Right. You need to. It's it's not it's not so much about a cure as it is about removing the stigma associated yeah. with yeah. it. Yeah. So I appreciate that. I I really do. Um, but like the songs, they did not fill the stadium. Like it was almost like that stadium was too big for them. And unlike other times I saw them, the songs seemed slowed down. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. kind of like mm-hmm. somber versions of upbeat yes. music, and it was. Uh, it, it was just lifeless, and then all of a sudden, like they would pick it up for a song, and then it would yeah, go back and down. It would drop. And it wasn't until they played, I'm trying to remember the last song they played. Was it Radioactive? Whatever the last song was, they started running around the stage, and they had the they drum did set that up. With, yeah, with On Top of the World. And maybe it was On Top of the World, yeah. and that's what it was like when I saw them at the Borgata. But it was the whole show of that. Right. They finally hit that energy level on the last song of the night right and it was like you know and and our friend angela took me and she paid for my ticket and i felt guilty as we were and i'm like maybe it's because we're sitting up high we were in club box seat i'm like maybe it's because we're up here and not down there and i wasn't going to say anything to her because i felt really bad that someone just spent a lot of money to bring me to a concert and i didn't enjoy it and we were walking out, and she was like, wow, that wasn't good. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, thank you. Thank you for saying that because I feel the same way. And she's yeah. like, no, it, it really wasn't good. And we just you, – you walked out, and you felt flat. Yeah. And it was not the experience I had. When your openers are better than, your, than the main – you know, the, tour, the headliner, it's just like mm. – Yeah. All right. Because we saw them with uh, Cruiser, who was fabulous – um, and Halsey, who was just about to explode. Yeah. 
and uh, and they 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 were very they were awesome performances and then and then they came out Imagine Dragons came out and it was kind of like it's, it's very difficult it's oh, very difficult all right <laughs> so yeah um we do have two concerts coming up that we're going to see together um this week actually we're going to see um at Underground Arts on the 30th it's it's a five band lineup of all Philly local bands um at yeah. Underground Arts, including Daddy Lap, whose yeah. uh, music we used at the beginning, and Dora, The Great Enough, Saint Slumber, and Resilient. And I don't really know any of them. No. I really do. I know Andorra, um, but I don't know their music enough. So this should be really interesting. And they're playing the back room of Underground Arts, like oh, okay. where we saw KMFDM, the other side that was set up as a lounge. They're playing that. Oh, okay. Cool. That side. So it's it's a smaller, a, a little bit smaller of a stage and a smaller of a crowd. So. It should be interesting to see how it goes. Um, yeah. And I like Jesse's band. So I'm I'm really curious to see Daddy Lap take take photos, write a review of that. Um, and we're also going to Winter John, uh, which is a Radio 104.5 winter concert, which has a great history. Bands like 21 Pilots played that before they broke, uh, exploded. And a lot of other bands. And they're doing it at Xfinity Live, which is a indoor-outdoor bar right outside the stadiums in philly and i'm excited it's the struts it's yeah. dashboard confessional uh j roddy walston and Have i you think seen struts live before no this oh this will be God. a first it's gonna uh, and i can't i hope it's cold like i want to see what he wears like i want to i, know, I want right. the whole experience oh god it's, uh, it's he's just what what a gold mine of a yeah. front man and I want to hear the new music because we only have one single, so they have to be playing more music yeah. from that. So I'm excited about that. I'll tell I actually, you, my dream uh -huh. is to have Luke Spiller do Sweet Transvestite from Rocky Horror. Ooh, that would be good. He'd he, be amazing. He would be amazing at that. That's, I think, that's, wow. that's my dream. That's my dream. We should suggest that. Luke suggest Spiller, that. please. You call him up please make and it suggest happen. that. So I don't know <laughs> if I even told you this. Um, their publicist, I will be granted a uh, pre-release copy of the album. You did tell me, yes. So I'm excited when it's. They said when it's getting close to release, they'll get me a copy. So um, I'll be able to review that before it comes out, and I'm excited about that. I'm just excited to hear it before oh. it comes out. Um, so we have that in Winter John. If you're not from Philadelphia, John, J A W N, like yawn with a J. John basically can mean anything yeah it's, it's instead of saying this or that or these or that what thing call it? yeah it's a it's a john like hey we're we're talking on the john yeah it's yeah annoying. i'm going to the john over there it's an, yeah and it's hey, been around hey, since john. yeah the first yeah. time i heard it was when i was working in philly like my late teens early 20s and yeah like the the guys from northeast philly everything was john Yo, up in the Johnny. <laughs> I, don't, I don't love that word. I like favorite. it. I like it. It's overused. So for being a fake word, it's yeah, for being overused. Yeah, only in but Philly. But yeah, dash, dashboard confessional. And his new song is very, very. Um, it it's an anthem. It's, you know, and I yeah, love. It's a little over the hands top. Hands down, me. I love hands down. Me too. That's a great song, and it's. But a lot of his stuff is a little more emo. And I was saying that this song is definitely less emo, more angst. It's right. it's definitely, and I like it. So I'm curious to hear new stuff from him too. And I think that will round out his show. Like it's nice yeah. to have a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. of a, a mix. Uh -huh. I think that will be very cool. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. 
Um, so, I think that's it for what's coming up. I wanted to ask you, since it is the holiday season, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite Christmas song? Classic or uh, Let's say modern. Let's say modern. Contemporary. Blink-182, I Won't Be Home for Christmas. That's your favorite? Really? I love it. I'm going to say... I'm a big fan. I'm going to say... If, all right, just for our listeners, if you hear, like, crunching in the background or panting, <laughs> that is Janet's dog, Knox. He wants to be involved He's gone through right half now. a bag of Chewies, and I think he's tired of them because he just attempted to bury one in the carpet Yeah. by putting a pile of his toys on I, top of it. I think it. he's ready to lay down. Yeah, yeah. So but he's cranky. Um, I would have to say I love My Chemical Romance's version of All I Want for Christmas is you. Um, I, I do love Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid. One of my co- <sighs> former co-workers hates that song, and it drives her crazy every time the, the line comes up. Tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. Yeah, that's kind of obnoxious. It, it is a little obnoxious, <laughs> and it's not something I realized when it came out there when I was like so twelve or thirteen. Much wrong with that song. I know, but do they know the... it's Christmas? Well, a lot of these struggling economies and 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 you know places, developing yeah. countries, they're not Christian, so they don't care. They don't, they don't care. They don't care. Right. Oh. There won't be snow in Africa. They don't get good. <laughs> it's also summer. Yeah. <laughs> that part. All right. All right. How about if I choose? World. How about if I choose Last Christmas by Wham? Oh, but that's so sad now. It's so sad. But now. it won't always be sad, and it wasn't. That's a great listen. In this day and age, it seems that most of the best Christmas music has been written in the past. And I love anytime new music comes out that, like, <laughs> we talked about it. There was a Target Christmas album that mm-hmm. came out about four years ago, five years ago maybe. And it's it was all music that they used for commercials. And then they made it available for a free download. It was just one, one year and they took it off. You can't get it anymore. Though a lot of the artists are starting to release those songs. Mm-hmm. But it was such a mix of music. It was soul. It was R&B. It was rap. Right. It was electronic. It was indie. Uh, Guster does a song, Best Coast, Natalie Henby, who writes songs for uh, Miranda Lambert. Jenny O. Like so, Coconut Records. Like so much good stuff. The, the whole album's really good. Mm-hmm. And it was all new original Christmas music. I love that. And it's... I don't think there's a lot of that. Like I can't stand the new... Gwen Stefani Christmas no. album with Blake Shelton. I'm sorry. Like, I like um, the SpongeBob song, <laughs> the SpongeBob Christmas song. Oh. I think it's fantastic. I like uh, Ren and Stimpy's "We Wish You a Hairy Chest Wig." Um, yeah. Are we really having this conversation? We are. But I will also say that I really did like the Butch Walker Christmas album. That was a lot of fun. It was super fun, and when they were like singing Feliz Navidad. And then what was it, last Christmas that they started yeah. to sing? And then he's like, no, no, you know what? We sh- really should sing Feliz Navidad twice through. So then they started yeah. to go back to the, singing that. The whole, the whole album is <laughs> a half an hour, and they recorded it live in the studio, and they kept everything in between where they're talking about yeah. the songs. And they were just joking around and having funny. it. I don't even think they were recording it to, like, put out. Right. Like, they were just kind of 
laying some tracks down and having fun. And that's, it's a fun album. Like, to you can't listen to. listen to it and not laugh. No, it's great. It's a lot of fun. And he does a great Bruce Springsteen impersonation. Oh, <laughs> when, yeah, yeah. When he does Santa Claus is Coming uh-huh. to Town. It's, it's a lot <laughs> of fun. It really is a fun album. So if you haven't listened to the Butch Walker Christmas album. Definitely. If you don't know who Butch Walker is, I don't even know if we've ever discussed him. So Butch Walker is involved in so much that you probably know, but have no idea who he is. So in the late 80s... He's the most famous guy you don't know. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> so in the late 80s, he was in a hair metal band called South Gang, um, but they kind of came out right as grunge hit. So they, they were like one of the last metal bands to really hit it but they were the first metal band the first band ever to tour china Hmm. um and then that fell apart the lead singer left they started a jam band and then it was like a dave matthews type band and then they formed the marvelous three which was a one-hit wonder in the 90s and it was kind of glam like Mm -hmm. that it was that tiny music stp look and sound before tiny music stp came out and from there he's had a solo career ever since then and even though you may not know his solo stuff he has written hits for panic at the disco for Mm -hmm. weezer he he did a song on the new weezer album mexican daydream i think it's Mm. um for um fallout boy he's written hits for pink and Katy perry and so many artists that you, you can't even imagine and it's and he sustains a, a cult following with mm-hmm. his solo career. And it's, it's really good stuff. And it ranges from rock to alt country to it, – it's kind of all over. And it's good. It's mm-hmm. good. And he's a very honest storyteller. A lot yeah. of his songs, like, delve into his personal life. and it's Yeah, and I think that that's what um, kind of keeps people coming back is that there's definitely a craft in the songwriting. Yeah. It's not just, hey, I'm going to write, you know, obviously he's capable of just writing the catchy hooks and, and you know, that kind of thing. But um, you can tell that music is deeply personal. To yes. Him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, he's, he's one of my all-time favorites. And speaking of all-time favorites, um, I have coming out, I did mention my top 10 of 2017. And I actually, it popped up on Facebook today my top 10 of 2011 Hmm. which was before you know this is a a tradition for me because every january i put out uh, my top 10 of the year and so i've been doing it the last four years for the blog but i've been kind of doing it on social media or just through other things uh before then so are you curious what my top 10 was in 2011 no you don't want to know saw it pop up so did you look at it? I didn't read it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have a feeling that whether or not I'm curious, I you're going to tell me. I actually put these in order, too, which oh, I, I okay. don't do rank anymore. I rank 10 to 1. Wow. Um, all right. So, Greater Pacific Rainfall, M83 Hurry Up or Dreaming, The Roots Undone. Metronomy, the English Riviera. That sounds like a made-up band name. It's not. It's good. I'm going to play because you're going to like this band. Uh, Mayor Hawthorne, How Do You Do? The Sound, Something to Die For. The Decemberist, The King is Dead. <laughs> that, that was that was the panting in my lavalier. Yep. Um, 
The Decemberist, The King is Dead, Ponderosa, Moonlight Revival, Duran Duran, All You Need Is Now, and Ryan Adams, Ashes and Fire. Hmm. How many of those do you know? Um, the albums or the bands? Either. I don't even know. 2011? It's not that long ago. It's not, but it seems long ago. All right, now. This knucklehead is really <laughs> Yeah. We can put so, a vacuum on in a minute. That Duran Duran, all you need is now. Incredible. Like, that's since they got. I thought Astronaut was really good when they reformed. All you need is now, I thought was one. And I saw them on that tour. I saw them that year. Oh, cool. And it was phenomenal. So. Yeah, I've seen them a couple times. Live. That was the first time. I'm glad I saw them. Yeah. Because. They put on a great show. They well, really I did. I saw them with Erasure opening. Oh, I would have liked to have seen that. That was amazing. So, Six foot tall Englishman in a red leather leotard <laughs> skipping out on the stage. And I'm like, yes, I am in. Whatever this is, I am all over it. <laughs> all right. So what else do I have here? Um, I think we're closing out. I don't want to give away my top ten for this year. You'll have to wait and see. I don't know why this came up, but um, I was going to bring up the rules of Fran. Oh. Because our listeners don't know, because most of our listeners don't follow me on social media. Um, So (laughs) Janet put together the rules of Fran. (laughs) Every time there's, I, I have a tendency to start, not arguments on Facebook, conversations. You drop bombs. I drop bombs. I do conversation stimulators. How's okay. That? Conversation stimulators. <laughs> that's that's a that's a very benign way. Of it. <laughs> so Janet put together a list of rules called the Rules of Fran, which created a debate in itself when I posted the Rules of Fran. So it was: we do not talk about Fran. We do not talk about Fran. <laughs> Fran is never wrong. Yep. <laughs> there's gonna be a dog fight there's, a, there's a dog fight coming up <laughs> Fran is never wrong Fran is always the victim yes which is true know this if no other rule <laughs> Fran is always the victim it's all out of his hands but that's true it's true <laughs> and I justify it all the time yeah, you, you can say whatever you want I can justify it. I'm always the victim yep it's it's yeah. never my fault. No, no, of course not. Good God. <laughs> Fran is void of commas. Although I have gotten better since the rules of Fran came out. No. <laughs> you were showing promise and then they all went away again. Oh. Like, okay, we talked about dependent and independent clauses. Uh, all right, we so talked, yeah, all right, know, so that, that there's only five rules of comma usage. It's not hard. I am void of five. I'm void of commas. You're, you're bereft that's of commas. That's my rule. That's my that's my rule. Fran is socially awkward. Yes. And if this is your first time talking to Fran, you will be insulted. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not necessarily done on purpose. No. That's part of my social awkwardness. And I, yeah, and I think that. You know, it's it's an acquired taste. <laughs> it, it is. It is. <laughs> For you the know. most part, you know, we were actually having this conversation at work. Uh-huh. And 
in Pennsylvania, or in New Jersey, corporal punishment was banned in New Jersey in 1897. It was the first state to outlaw corporal punishment. In Pennsylvania, where Janet and I grew up, it was banned in 2005. Was it that late? It was that late. So the whole time we were in school, you could be paddled until high school age they started sending notes home and they could only paddle you with your parents approval and my father would be like where's the note (laughs) you don't give it to me i'm going up to school again oh they sign yeah they're like if you yeah they're like if if you deserve it you deserve it so we were talking about because i can be a handful (laughs) and everyone at work was surprised because they're like all right who here has been arrested and a lot of my coworkers have been arrested. I was not. Mm-hmm. They're like, did you get detentions or suspend? I'm like, I never got a detention. I never got a suspension. And they're like, well, because you're likable. Like, you could be an ass, but you're a likable ass. And you can get away with stuff that most people can't. Mm-hmm. I go, that's true. And they're like, did you ever get paddled? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, probably at least 10 times. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, that's, that's why. They're like, that wasn't an option for us growing up in New Jersey. And I'm like, well... You know, if you're a teacher and you had the option of either putting up with me for another half an hour or getting your frustration out on me and then, you know, letting me go, which would you choose? You know, between junior high and high school, I probably got at least paddled twice a year. Oh, my God. So, and the paddles were like these thick paddles with holes drilled in for aerodynamics they called the red rocket like they named it there there was a disciplinarian that walked around with a paddle in his hand and it wasn't like the long pledge paddles they were like shorter and thicker Mm -hmm. and they hurt they really hurt so yeah i was never in that space yeah I, i had a couple detentions in middle school but i don't think i ever went i never got a detention i was supposed to get one suspension because i got into a fight during a soccer game and if you get a red card it caught you miss a game but you get suspended but Mm -hmm. the game occurred on a non-school day Mm. and they couldn't enforce it and they were actually upset that they couldn't give me the suspension they wanted to give me the suspension and they couldn't yeah i never got and of course i boasted about that of course you know which that's what i did so but i think what's there's no fun if you can't like when you get away with something if you can't broadcast if you can't, it, <laughs> if you can't make them feel bad about it yeah. <laughs> well, well, if you can't gloat all right so i think that's it so we thought janet and i thought we were going to do a 20 to 30 minute podcast thought, and we're up i thought i was realistic what did you think I said, when have we ever not had a conversation that lasted like an hour and a half or less? Yeah, we're over an hour. We're an hour and 10 minutes or so. Um, So we're going to end this the way we end all of them. Uh, For more content, visit us on the web at www.mymusicmyconcertsmylife.com. It's your mission to shorten this for the next podcast. Okay. I'm charging you that. What's What's your mission? I have to listen to a Beatles song. Yeah. And what's the name of that song? <laughs> it's Don't Pass Me By. Don't Pass Me By, which I'm sure I know. And Once why? I put it on, I'm going to be like... Why? But why do you have to It has something to, to do it? with dogs. It does. All right. It's, Tell yeah. me that song wasn't written from the perspective of, a of dog. dogs. All right. Is it a McCartney song or a Lennon song? 
It is a Ringo Starr song. Oh, Ringo It probably was then. Yeah, exactly. All right. I will. All right. <laughs> With this podcast as proof, I will listen to this song. Did yeah. you actually ask me on the last I part? did. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, proof, <laughs> schmoof. All right. Um, <laughs> we are on Twitter <laughs> at, at Music Concerts Me. We're on Facebook at Music Concerts Me and Instagram at My Music, My Concerts, My Life. If there's any topics that you'd like us to cover, if you have questions, please, you can send them to us at info at mymusicmyconcertmylife.com. You can tweet us, message us. Uh, you can contact me on, I have personal accounts on both Twitter and Facebook under Fran Chismar. Uh, you can reach out to us on all of those. Uh, and I, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We've gotten really good listenership, which I'm happy about. I'm a little sad that we haven't done one for two months but we'll get back into we have been busy (laughs) we've been busy so thank you for listening and i also need to thank jesse again and daddy lap uh they have a new ep out called state of mind you can get it on itunes apple music and spotify and each song is supposed to represent a different state of mind it was you can see them live you could see them live in philadelphia What's up? Still tickets available? Still tickets available. Twelve dollars, five bands nice. on the on the. Uh, and it's ticket. a cool venue. It's a cool the underground arts is great. The parking's easy. It's off oh, Cala yeah. Hill, which is Gr- the biggest thing, you know. Especially when you go to a new venue you've never been to before, and you're like, oh god, where am I going? No, park? the parking is right across the street, and it's yeah. ten bucks. Um, and there's a great pizza place. <laughs> Two blocks away, three blocks it was, away. It was, a, it was, yeah, it was a bit of a hike. And it was were, the only place it was open at that time but of night. What time they they were open till one or two? Yeah, something like so that. So you can go see them. You can grab a slice of pizza. Uh, a lot of our friends, Ed and Angela and Rob and I think Ryan and Brian are going. So it should be a lot of fun because it's a lot of uh, local listeners, a lot of uh, great local bands. Twelve dollars for five bands at Underground Arts at twelve December thirtieth. I think doors open at either 7.30 or 8. So that's going to be a great show. I'm looking forward to see a lot of these bands live. And it's great that that they're getting a ticket like this. I think this is a pretty big deal. You know, instead of playing smaller clubs or one of them opening, like all of them on the same ticket should be. it's a cool space. It is a really cool space. They they make it like loungy. There's sofas. There's, it's it's awesome. So um, pick up Daddy Lap's State of Mind. and check them out in concert please you'll you'll appreciate it and enjoy it and that's it until next time janet thank you again and uh we'll see you when the needle drops